Hello and welcome to Josh Coleman's podcast, a place to have inspired conversation with interesting people. On today's podcast, I've got a close friend, Simon Clutterback. Um, for the past 10 years, he's actually been helping me on and off with different uh, healing that I've needed to go through. He does bioenergetic healing, which is a combination of psychic, intuitive, and also very direct energy healing. Enjoy. All right. Hey, Simon. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Pretty good. I'm really happy to have you on this podcast. Uh, I came over to your place, what was it, two weeks ago, and I was just like, Simon, you're coming yeah. on my podcast. Yeah, <laughs> got the ultimatum. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason is um, you are launching yourself to be a energy healer in a more professional sense. Yeah. Now, the reason I say in a more professional sense is because I've been doing sessions with you for almost a decade, it feels like, or at yeah. least eight years. <laughs> Um, and I've not only done that, I've also seen you work with other people. Uh-huh. We've done a lot of informal work, yeah. dare yeah. I say, and it's always been really yeah. impactful to me. I find that's the best way to work with people as well, on well, an informal level so, or more informal level. Well, to me, that denotes that you're saying fuck the system as well. Yeah. What you're, <laughs> what you're really saying is I don't want to set this up as an exchange of just money versus service because the no. service means more to me than that. Yeah, it doesn't work. However, <laughs> we are in this world, yeah. and I do believe that, or I experience that things are changing, and the capitalist structure is going to fall and change and everything, but until then, I was trying to give you a kick in the ass, basically, just yeah. to put yourself out there. Yeah. And I believe it resulted I understand in that. A, and I believe it resulted in a Facebook page, at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Simon Clutterbuck, bioenergy healer. Wonderful. Uh, well, we're going to put that in the, in the links, and we'll do. Okay. We'll talk one more time at the end of the episode about that too. Um, so, I want you to tell me a little bit about your history. You could your history with spirituality, but also anything yeah. that kind of makes sense to lead up to where you're at right now. Oh God. Um, right. Uh, <laughs> yes. As a, I mean, if you go. Go back as a child. I was overweight uh, from about the age of five, quite quite badly overweight up until I was in my mid twenties, uh, well early twenties, and then I decided to to change my life. Now, being overweight in the in the sixties at school, you were subject to a lot of bullying, uh, so it made me very introverted. Uh, but in well, negative ways it, it taught me how to shut down myself emotionally to quieten myself down completely uh, and that sort of carried through through my teen years uh, and then when I decided right I'm going to lose weight I was about 330 pounds Although at the time six foot five, so you know it's not as bad as you're a you're a big fella uh, structurally. Yes, <laughs> I am a very robust person. <laughs> uh, so I went down the gym, started working out, and I I can get a little bit obsessive when I do things because I always want to do them as best I can. So I ended up training. 
two hours a night, six nights a week, progressed onto steroids, got pretty monstrous, uh, sort of 180, 280 pounds in good condition, uh, eating 5,000 calories a day. Uh, <laughs> wow. And I had a, a decision, as I said, I was on steroids. Uh, and I've been using them quite heavily for about a year and I wanted to come off and let my my body normalize uh, and when I did that uh, because I didn't come off of the steroids slow enough it caused uh, a lot of hormonal problems in my body uh, I, I became very depressed I would wake up in the morning and just start crying for no reason and uh, all these things were, were going on and I thought, right, coming off of this, shutting down from it, taking the, taking the steroids out of my system. Uh, and uh, I started getting more involved in meditation to deal with the, the depression of it. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, and I was using cannabis as well at the time, which is, which was, which is legal in Canada. Which is legal in Canada now, <laughs> thank God. Uh, um, so, but I was still, I was still working out down the gym. And I'd taken up martial arts as well. And when you go, when I look back, I was just thinking about this when I was sitting out in the car. You know how my life has progressed with these, these things, and, and looking back. All of, all of these things I am doing or have been doing were a result of being bullied and being fearful of being attacked. Mm. So I was going down the gym to make myself as muscular, as scary looking as possible. I was going martial arts, training hard at that. So if anybody should attack me, I would be able to defend myself, you know. But these are all things that were happening on a unconscious level. Uh, and as I said, I was getting more into the meditation. And one night I had an out-of-body experience. I'd just done like a really heavy leg workout, come home, hot bath, cut the puffs on a joint, laid down on the bed and just dozed. And I got this feeling I was floating above the floor, above the bed. And uh, I'm sort of like going through my head, you know, no, this is impossible, although it felt real. Uh, so I thought, right, well, open my eyes and I'm going to look. So as I did that, I literally felt myself fall with a loud bang and a jolt. And I thought, holy crap, I was floating above the bed. Now, I wasn't into spiritual things or anything then. I didn't know about energy bodies and astral and etheric projection or anything like that. So I'm just thinking physical. So I thought, now this is crazy, you know. And I thought, well, the bang, what was the bang? So I'm trying to work it out logically in my head. What's the bang? Must have been hitting my head on the sideboard, side little table by my bed. And uh, I thought, no bump on the head, can't be that. So the only thing I could think of was I was floating. So, 
at the time I was going, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, was living in London and every weekend I'd travel up and down. And one weekend she says, oh, it's going into, it's a place down by the river and they have lots of little bookshops and things like that. So we were sort of like, a bit like a big, big flea market, uh, if you're going Canadian. <laughs> uh, so we were wandering through and we go into this bookshop. She walks past and she knocks this book off and I bend down, pick it up. Oh, I don't believe in coincidence. After my life, through my life, I've come to understand there is no such thing as coincidence. I pick up the book. It's a workshop book on astral projection. And I think, holy crap, that's what was happening to me. Buy the book. Book says different techniques, how to get yourself into a state for astral or etheric projection. So I'm, one of them was to go see a hypnotherapist and get them to hypnotise you and help you through the, the thing. So I, I thought, okay, you know, sounds a bit weird not knowing about hypnosis at the time. So I went and did that. Hypnotherapist wasn't quite sure what I was on about either, but we <laughs> <laughs> we, we did this. It's outside of his box too. Th- yeah, we we went through it and they did the best they could. Uh, and I kept it practice every day. I was practicing, and I couldn't. I get close. Uh, I I get out and feel myself floating, but as soon as I tried to open my eyes and look to see where it was, I'd be zapped back into my body. Uh, and I started meditating two hours a day in the mornings. I'd get up, have breakfast, go and meditate. And after about an hour of holding a meditation, of being conscious in it, uh, you start to drift off in, down into the theta and realms of, of your mind, frequencies. And I had this voice in my head that screamed at me and it was like somebody had walked into the room and screamed in my ear, get out, get out, get out. And this freaked me out. I was like, I'm going mad, you know. Uh, And at that time, and this is what, again, coincidences, my wife had a friend, and she was still living in London at the time. And uh, she says, oh, me and my friend are going to see a, a, a medium at the Royal College of Psychic Studies. Do you want to come along? So I said, what's a medium, you know? And she said, oh, somebody who talks to dead relatives and things and proves to you life after death. So I thought, oh, okay, it's worth a laugh, you know, go along. So, but again, amazing guy guy was probably in his early 70s <laughs> no only one tooth on his <laughs> bottom, bottom of his mouth yeah. and uh, we come in there was actually two two other friends of hers as well and my girlfriend was sitting opposite with me with her two friends so next to me so he he had no idea who was if any of us were related in any way and he he did psychometry, so he took my watch and then he started going off on stuff. And I'm not very good with dead relatives, 
so I'm going, he's going, oh, I've got auntie so-and-so, uncle, no, and I'm going, no, no, don't mean nothing. And I had a friend who I used to train with when I was bodybuilding, and he was another, he was an immensely powerful, strong guy. And he changed his name because he wrote in powerlifting magazines, and he changed his name uh, to a pen name, Tom Hawk. And, uh, and he says, oh, and I refused to call him Tom. I always called him by his first name, Clive. Uh, and he didn't like it. <laughs> he had a lot of psychological issues. Mm. Anyway, he... This guy says, oh, I've got Tom here. Well, I said, no, don't know any Tom. And he says, no, yes, you do. He says he sends his love. He says he l likes your new girlfriend. And the medium pointed at my girlfriend, who had no idea... <laughs> And he says, you're going to end up marrying her. And he was right. <laughs> uh, and he says, he sends his love. He's happy. He says, you must know him. He says, great big guy, muscles. I see him lifting these big weights up and down. And I thought, holy crap, that's Clive, you know. And my jaw literally, it's like my, my whole world just turned around then. It's like, how to do this? What's the trick? You know, the sort of person I was then, Yeah. you know. A more sceptical. Very sceptical, yeah. I still am sceptical. I like to see proof, you know, uh, before I will commit. I think that's just yeah. very critical thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And uh, so I thought, he's, he said to me, he goes, oh, so I'm sort of talking to him, you know. I said, well, because he, he said to me, oh, you've, you've got, you can do what I can do. He says, you have these abilities, you just haven't learned to switch them on yet. So I'm thinking, okay, right. So he says, I, I'm thinking in my head, uh, he's, he's, there's like a bookshop out the front, tells you, sells all the books and everything. So I'm, I'm thinking in my head, he's probably going to try and get me to buy the books out the front. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he goes, uh, no, you don't have to buy the books out the front. And I was thinking it. He says, you can go to the library to get them. And I'm like, my God, you know, I've got to learn this. This is amazing. This is going to impress the fuck out of everybody if I can do this, you know. So I, I, I set about trying. How old are you at this point? Uh, oh, Papa, 28. Cool. Yeah. And... Uh, and then he said one last thing that absolutely clinched it for me. And he says, and he has a guide who works with him, giving him the information. And his guide's name is Randy. And then he says, he talks to Randy as if Randy is standing next to him. So he turns his head and go, no, Randy, I can't say that. That doesn't make sense. So he goes, no, I'm not going to say that, no. So I'm like, what? He says, look, he says, Randy says he's not going to do another thing until I say this to you. He says, he says, you'll know what it means, but it means nothing to me. Can you tell me what moonlight bouncing is? <laughs> and I said, ah, actually I can, yeah. The previous night, I was supposed to be working at a nightclub as a bouncer, doorman. Uh, that was part of what I was doing then as well as doing close protection bodyguard work and I had got a phone call someone had dropped out from a six man 
close protection unit. Could I fill in for 12 hours? Make a lot of money. So I phoned up, cancelled my night at the nightclub and went and did the bodyguard job. So I was moonlighting from my bouncing job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a close protection job. <laughs> and I thought, you know, you can't make this stuff up. Right, that's you know, specific. Even if he'd been going through my garbage for years, <laughs> you know, he couldn't have found that information out. So that was where, um, though you had an example of a person who was using telepathic or psychic yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah, and it drove me to, when he said, you can do this, and it was like, boom, bing, light bulb, yeah, mm. I want to do this. Uh, so then... It was a couple of months later, my wife got me uh, an appointment with another medium, a lady called Coral Polge. And uh, she she would draw, do psychic drawings of guides and dead relatives and people. And she got me an appointment, again, at the Royal College of Psychic Studies in London. And uh, so I went went to that. And uh, she, same thing, went through a lot of stuff. And she again, she reiterated, you know, you've got some abilities that you need to do something with and you you know so I'm like well where'd you go to learn to do it you know and she says oh you can go to the spiritualist church down came the shutters as soon as you mentioned church that's it you know you only go to churches for weddings funerals christenings you don't voluntarily go to church and I'm assuming being a person who's anti-system I'm assuming Mm. being anti-religious would probably be especially when you're younger would probably be a part of that too yeah well not anti but it's not it, fuck the system yeah it's not just not the system yeah <laughs> but it's not in my you know it's it's a useful tool for some people but it had no relevance to, yeah. to my life yeah. you know as, as I saw things uh, God or the universal intelligence universal source whatever label you want to put on it so yeah so I went home my, I just had my car stolen. Uh, it was a very nice, expensive car. So I got quite a big check back from the insurance company from that. Um, my girlfriend had now moved down, moved in with me, my wife now. And uh, she's like constantly there pushing me like we've got to find out you've got to find out more about this where you can go and learn to do it and I'm like oh god you know it's awesome you had that support <laughs> a bit like you when you came <laughs> two weeks ago you know it's like my guides are kicking kicking somebody else's ass because they're tired of kicking mine <laughs> <laughs> it felt it felt the whole thing two weeks ago just felt like it was like alright Simon you're doing it yeah, <laughs> like, I know. yeah, the time is. And right. this is a part of it, though. This yeah. is a part of it, right? This podcast. I'm hoping when people listen to this and uh, when we get into kind of what you're offering, that people yeah. are going to hear this and then contact you through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I s- at the time uh, back then that was just coming up for around the first Gulf War, and. Uh, all the bodyguard companies were closing down. Uh, I wasn't getting very much work. So I went and did a job uh, changing electrical light fittings in Southampton University. And uh, 
sort of halfway through I got into the library and I was changing the light fittings and I got in the psychology section one lunchtime and just pulled out a book and started reading it I thought wow now this is interesting stuff you know I wish I'd be stayed at school become a doctor and then a this psychologist your 30s at this point. Yeah, yeah yeah didn't realize that you could actually go to university and just do it as a separate thing you know I thought same as a psych whatever a psychiatrist would be you know just a, a specialized form of doctor first and uh, so I thought that's you know really intrigued me again and I'm still practicing doing my meditation and stuff like that still trying to get out of my body and and my wife said, come on, we're going to go to uh, uh, a place in Maidenhead. Uh, they were having a, a psychic development day. Mm -hmm. So we went along to that. And uh, I had, uh, oh no, something previous to that. I kept making excuses to my wife about finding this church, the only church, spiritualist church in the area was in, in Reading and it's like you know Reading's a cathedral city it's full of churches and stuff you know how do, how do you find a, a church and I would make all these excuses uh, as I said there was not a lot of work going on and uh, I got a month's work doing demolition work down in by Reading station and these are old Victorian houses and you literally pull the places apart brick by brick and clean it up and it gets sold on again recycled so we've been sent upstairs and we're told clear everything out of the rooms just kick the windows out and throw everything out you know for a big energetic person you can get a lot of energy out of your system <laughs> yeah, of negative energy you know so that was good fun yeah so um i went cleared out this living room there's dining tables and everything going through the window and i'm rolling back this carpet as I'm rolling back this carpet, there's old newspapers spread out in front of me. No such thing as coincidence. As I'm rolling back this carpet, Reading Chronicle News, 1952. Reading Spiritualist Church opens its doors today for the first time. <laughs> wow. Address, telephone number. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> so you went so I had to go <laughs> I had to go you can't you know you can only avoid something so much like when you came around two weeks ago <laughs> so I, I went and uh, I had it was good uh, I had two guest mediums who came up and they pointed people in the crowd and said oh you know auntie so and so says left car keys behind the cat the other day or you know, something. And it was it was good. And then we sung a few hymns, and then everything stopped. And you could have a cup of tea and that. So I went and grabbed a cup of tea. I uh, sort of like right, who's the head honcho? Because I'm not sure they're not priests. I'm not quite sure what their classification name is uh, for them. But I got got him cornered and uh, said, right, you know, I've I've been told by these mediums. I'm going to be a, a healer and a psychic and I want to learn, you know. 
and you can see him sort of his old eyes roll up oh god we got another one <laughs> you know and he said oh he said the two year waiting list to get into the development groups for these things so I said oh great cool I'm off the hook <laughs> go home report back to the girlfriend oh, busy can't do me for two years <laughs> no we're going back next week <laughs> So we went back a couple of times, and that's where she picked up the information about the uh, the psychic day in Maidenhead, and uh, we attended that. Came to sort of like first tea break, and uh, I went up to get a cup of tea, and uh, this guy was sort of wandering up next to me, and it was like I had this because I I would not normally introduce myself to a total stranger mm. and say. Hi, my name's Simon. I'm looking for a meditation group to join. You know, just to say that to someone out of the blue is like something just took over me and it came out. And he goes, oh, hi, my name's Bruce. I'm starting one next week. You're welcome to come along. <laughs> you know, he introduced me to the National Federation of Spiritual Healers. Uh, which is a, a body of healers in the UK. You don't have them in Canada, uh, which surprised me because I thought they were here. But they're a non-denominational group uh, and they are run healing centres that are open to the public. People just walk off the street and uh, you give them healing. And it's energy channelling, uh, discussion, counselling, that sort of thing. And uh, you can have alcoholics coming off the street, people with drug problems, all sorts of things. And it was quite quite an interesting thing. Uh, and the National Federation of Spiritual Healers also run uh, workshops to train people. And uh, I joined. Uh, I worked at the Basingstoke Healing Centre for two years. I did all the, the workshops and became ratified, qualified, <laughs> as if you need to be qualified to <laughs> put your hand on someone and channel love, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but you went through the system. You went through the, the system, got the piece of paper, and uh, I ended up running that local group for about four years and teaching on the, on the courses as well. Uh, during that time again still doing a lot of meditation I started to develop my empathic well I think I already had my empathics abilities from child right through childhood uh, I think you start to develop it when you are picked on <laughs> right <laughs> develop a second sense yeah. for trouble yeah. uh, so but I started seeing auras. I, it was weird. We were in this. I was. We just done a meditation session at a, at a healing workshop, and it's great when you get into big groups of people meditating. The energies really build up. And I was talking to this person, and there was just like a flash bulb went poof, a bright dark electric blue just all around their head and a sort of like chest area and it was like whoa what was that you know I didn't even have my eyes closed it was like there in broad daylight 
and this this colour just just went all around them and I was I stopped listening to them my jaw was like uh, you know I couldn't so I thought wow this is interesting and then I could literally turn it on and off as I wished mm. uh, with the healing uh, I was also doing uh, hypnotherapy and psychoanalysis with the money I got from my nice car that was stolen I went back to college uh, and did a hypnoanalysis uh, hypnopsychoanalysis course over three years doing workshops and stuff like that imagine the inflation rate on college now or the oh, university and the difference there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh it's nothing yeah. no, well it's not The UK is different to Canada. It's yes, not, it is. I know, and that's what I mean. It's, they they managed to cram it into three years instead of four. Yeah. So, they, but it usually works out roughly about the same in cost when you. I see you what you're saying. Yeah. Work out the fees. But. So, so you've got a background with psychoanalysis, yep. and also uh, again all the training and workshops and meditation and psychic readings yeah. and healing, and now. You're taking all these skills together, Simon, and you're going to start offering um, this yeah. healing into one-to-one -one sessions with people, or maybe group sessions. I'm sure you could do either, to be honest. Uh, I, I prefer to do one-to-one. -one. Oh, we'll start one-to-one. -one. Where my... It's like with the, the empathic picking up stuff about people. It's pretty intense. It, so it can get intense, and it gets sometimes when you're in amongst groups. I don't really like big, yeah. big groups because it... Although I can switch it off, it takes a lot of effort to switch I know it off. You're, so you're a very sensitive man. Yeah. Walking around, I'm mostly open. Yeah. Because um, I like to give it out freely. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that's, again, a, I think a, a little sting to the fuck the system where you're yeah. a person who just wants to give love and wants to help wherever you can. And that's what we all appreciate about you, too. Yeah. Um, so if someone were coming in for a session, could you describe your process just a little tiny bit? I like to talk to someone for about an hour. Yeah first before we do anything just to make sure they're happy with me yeah. as well as I'm happy with them yeah, because it's the right fit kind of thing yeah, yeah. you know uh, that's the most important thing because he healing to me is really self-healing healers are really just guides to help that person mm -hmm. you know and some people people don't work at the same speeds you know uh, some people want to get through stuff and get it out of their system quick and other people just want to peck away at it and do because you know some people experience some really horrible horrible shit in Trump. their lives yeah absolutely. you know and psychoanalysis works but it can be uh a painful way of doing it right. because you when you start reacting uh, things that have happened in your life you, you can re-experience that as if it's actually happening again you know uh, and you might even produce the same uh, bruises and things like marks mm -hmm. on your body mm -hmm. can reappear you know the brain is a uh, an incredible thing for 
for doing things and so producing chemicals yeah, and every everybody. situation is obviously very different. Yeah. Um, I, I happen to, again, have experience sessions with you before, yeah. and they've been very, very helpful. You somehow find a way to, I guess it's through visions and that sort of thing, to, to know what's going on and yeah. be able to, as you said, guide. Yeah. I can remember one time we sat down... Um, uh, three of us remember in my mom's basement yep. back in the day yeah and uh, that was about a three-hour session i think that was, that was yeah, a long yeah. time and i asked a lot of very uh deep questions about my own past and yeah. past lives and all that sort of thing and you were able to really be there to help and the the i remember saying at one point what are my karmic lessons and you said well there are two primary ones the first is to stop living in the world like a monk in other words, to start embracing... I can't remember this. I'm sure you don't. Yeah, you were in quite a strong trance at the time. Yeah. Um, and, and the key was to embrace the material world rather than shun it. Yeah. And then the other well, was to be able to hold a sense of power without using it incorrectly. And yeah. there was two very specific yeah. past lives. Well, one as a monastic and one as a sort yeah. of um, a leader of some kind that you had yeah. brought up. Now, you know... I, I do feel that those are true because I already had a sense of those things yeah. before you said them. But even if they weren't, it was really, 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 really fucking helpful. Because what it did yeah. is it, it planted a seed of awareness in my mind as to how to ensure both of those patterns, which had become patterns basically, were able to be uh, uh, brought into awareness and then reshaped and reworked. And so it's ended up being something that was really, really helpful for me. And I thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I, I, and, and so I know the power of the work that you can do. That's one small example. My goodness, yeah. we've, we've, we've worked together for, for a, quite a few hours worth of work, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, that's what, what, what I mean about working non-structured. You know, you can do... You know, I have a couple of other friends... Uh, more on my wife's side, you know, they come, they start, strange people just sit down and sort of start giving you your life history, you know, <clears throat> and you can work with them in a way to, to switch them on, as it were, I've seen my job in this life as sort of waking people up, and, uh, you know, you can point things out without being without directing saying, oh, you've got this problem, yeah. you know, and you've got to sort it out this way, yeah. you know. Mm. You sort of, like, push them in a direction where it makes them think about what they're doing, how they're living their lives, how they're thinking, how they're... the sort of internal dialogue well, that, that they takes, run. That takes a skillful approach as well. That means that you're finding a way to work with a person's soul, yeah, work yeah. with a person's mind. Oh, that's right, yeah. Work with a person the way they need to be worked with, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure with some people, again, like, I'm someone who prefers a very direct route, so I'm sure that yeah. you were able to give me a direct thing, which is helpful, but as you said, yeah. it's not true for everybody, and if there's complex trauma involved, like you said earlier too, um, it's really important to be very sensitive and, yeah. and and work with those areas in a way that doesn't further damage or bring up too much to that can't be dealt with, if you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 Um, so if people, again, so I'm going to just sing Simon's praises one more time. <laughs> it's been really, really helpful. I recognize that you would prefer not to necessarily professionalize, but that we're living in a world where I personally feel like you're going to be able to touch more people that way. 
Yeah, and you'll, and you'll be able. People are going to be able to come to you because they know that's what you do. Yeah. Back in the day, <laughs> maybe you had a hut, and people went, "Oh, that weird fellow up on the hill, <laughs> yeah. uh, that weird that witchy woman up on the hill." That's who you go to see. Yeah. But you know, it isn't quite like that right now. No. We do live in a world where. Yeah. Uh, we have to give an indicator or a signal of some kind that, that we're doing something for people to know about it. Yeah. So you made yourself a Facebook page, which is, once again? Uh, Simon Clutterbuck, Bioenergy Healer. Fantastic. And that link is going to be in the, uh, the thing as well. So if people were to contact you, um, yeah. I just want to give, give one more vouch here. <laughs> I keep saying it over and over again. The impact um, and the amount of experience that Simon has doing this work and the skillful uh, way of presentation and of uh, working with people, I think, is, is really important. And I think it's something you do very, very well. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> you, love, you, love, you love compliments, eh? Um, <laughs> so, as we start to wrap this up, because we're, we're coming close to the 40-minute mark, if I were to ask you... If you had, you know, you know, I asked guests yeah. this. If you were to say one thing to the world, for some reason they gave you a computer rec a recording. They said, we're going to record you and we're going to play it for everybody just once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's a strange, uh, strange situation. But if you got in that situation, what would you say to people? Right. The universal energy is a creative force. It only knows how to create. It doesn't know how to not create. So when we think and use our internal dialogue and we use words that are not what we want, the universe is going to give us what we don't want. Because it only knows how to create. So whatever you hold in your consciousness, in your emotional state or in your mind, the universe is as an end result. So that may be you want a new car or more money or whatever it is. If you hold that in your mind, consciousness, long enough, the universe will start to create that for you. So keeping your mind in a, aware of how you think and feel, always positive, the universe is always going to try to keep that state of being for you. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Simon. It was wonderful to have you on here. And uh, I'm, again, excited to see you step up into this role a little bit more and uh, knowing the kind of effect that you can have. I love you, man. I love you too, Josh. Thank you for kicking my ass. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions for the podcaster today, send an email to questionjcp at gmail.com. That's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-J-C-P at gmail.com. 